1: He's Bob. He's Kyle. And every Saturday morning, they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights, don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB.
2: okay good saturday morning to you this is the mr mechanic show 558-1110 five, five, the numbers to get in this is a interactive call-in show where you uh think up the questions and we'll give you the answers top couple answers we'll figure it out we get to pick yeah well yeah we get to, we get to pick the yeah you can't yeah yeah yeah. well everyone we'll take that call if you've got some stumper that we got to know because we've seen it we've seen it but you know you don't know everything so not yet not with cars it's an ever-changing
3: it's always vacuum. interesting just when you think you're going to have a pretty normal day you could be wrong
2: <laughs> you, you, you always are wrong you always are wrong yeah you always are wrong there's always something that you haven't seen before uh we're buchanan service centers 50th and dodge 80th and dodge and guaranteed Brakes, 49th avenue and dodge so we're on dodge stop in and see us and uh i help you fix your car so i'm bob N- next to me is kyle as always and so, what's, I've got, uh, what's car show? We were just talking a little bit off the air about the car show season. And there's, you know, there's one about every weekend somewhere. Yeah. So you got to get out and, uh,
3: sometimes you got to venture a little bit, get off the beaten path, and you, you do. find the really good stuff. You do, you know, and, the,
2: you know, sometimes you got to go a little farther out to see just how good mm-hmm. your car is. Yeah. Because nobody remembers back, well, we do, we just don't think about it anymore. How, good cars are now today and you just don't have a problem with it breaking down, even though we do there's a lot of repair to be done. But, you know, back in the
3: They're a little bit more predictable.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Back then it would just drive down the road and and Everything'd be
3: great. You shut the key off and you come back and you're like, well
2: Yeah (laughs) and we can get everywhere better and then we could you imagine driving highway thirty all the way up to Fremont and all the way out to western Nebraska and fifty five or seventy five mile an hour and a fifty five Bel Air or
3: well, I've done about half of that in a 62 Falcon. Yeah. How and fun
2: was that? Well, it was hot. <laughs> it was definitely yes. hot. <laughs> yes, hot. Exactly. You it had the 255 hot. air conditioning going on or 4 455, whatever whatever. Yeah, nothing, no, no
3: 260. No 260. It was no
2: 260. It, you know that you can see when they got rid of the wing windows. Yeah. Because you didn't need the wing windows anymore.
3: Yeah, you definitely need them back then. Yeah,
2: most certainly.
3: Anything right. to get air moving. Uh,
2: yes. <laughs> Yes, I was. I, and that's where I was. I was in Western Nebraska last weekend and uh, driving an old square, you know, square body. And uh, you needed the wing windows because it did not have air conditioning. There's no circulation in them. No, no, this It'll truck
3: suck air out pretty quick, but yeah, got to get it back in there.
2: This truck came out of Wyoming, which they don't need any air conditioning out there like they would here. I mean, you'd have air conditioning in a truck here. Yes, but yeah, it, and it was a hundred out there. so I, the weather followed me back, which was great.
3: Thank God. It turned it turned cool, and we didn't have to worry about that. So. Yeah, it should be a great weekend for car show season. Yeah. I mean, August, September, these later burr months coming yeah. up. I mean. It's you just perfect. gotta
2: dodge dodge the weather a little bit. You Find know. a small
3: town, go to a car show. Odds are, there's a pretty good bake sale too.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. You grandma's cookies, you know. Yeah. You, yourself You a leave bun. a
3: small town car show hungry. You did something wrong. <laughs>
2: Get yourself a bunt cake and uh,
3: Just don't go out too far. You'll need a nap on the way back. But. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, I don't want to do that.
2: <laughs> I've been there too. <laughs> well, I noticed that uh, here's an article I was reading in the paper. There is Nebraska State Patrol has stopped 72 drivers
3: in the last month going 100 mile an hour or above. Well, there's something we didn't see in the old days. Cars are going faster now.
2: They are going faster. Se- I mean, 1,700 speeding tickets. And, and uh 72 over a 100 they are you know I have a car that an old i got a couple of classics and if you get over top 100 mile an hour you are just you got both hands on the steering wheel and your and your knuckles are white yeah and you're just imagine the falcon going 100 has it been a <laughs> hundred No? downhill <laughs> it's good to get half of that
3: <laughs> and then i, I mean have, depending on how nice the tow truck is i mean it might have seen 60.
2: Yeah. And then I have another newer little car that will easily go 100 mile an hour when you are just accidentally trying. Yeah. You know, you're trying to pass somebody and they always speed up on you. You know how that goes? Yeah, Not on my watch. They're camping in the left lane. And they won't get over for you. So if you're camping in the left lane right now, listen to us. Move to the right. Get over. Move over to the right. Yeah. You know, but they camp in the left lane and they don't want to move. And then you try to go around and they speed up. Well. It doesn't work with. <laughs> doesn't work on my car anyway. No. And uh, it, it's easy to hit a hundred mile an hour pretty quick, and you know, kind of back down to normal speed after that.
3: Keep it under
0: control. Yeah,
2: but the cars are so much quicker and faster, and these electric cars too. They are they are fast. Yeah, there is going to be some people. If electric cars, if and when electric cars take over, um, they're, go- they're they are fast, and there's just going to be somebody that puts their foot to the floor and gets that panic, gets that uh, can't pull their foot off
3: the. I think the, there's a term for that. I think it's called whiskey throttle.
2: Is it? Well, yeah, it is. You're right. It's called whiskey <laughs> throttle. That that happens a lot in the, uh, the
3: the. Yeah, we're going, we're going, and I don't know what to do. I don't know what. To, yeah, <laughs> you
2: see it every time in the motorcycles and the ATVs and stuff like that. They turn it on, and then all of a sudden they don't know what to do. And, Makes for
3: uh, great watching.
2: As long as nobody gets hurt. But uh, yeah, it is kind of interesting. I ran across another article. This is, and we, we don't have to worry about this. And this is a good thing. In New York City, the constant, well, it ranks what the top five of the most congested in the United States. Uh, the commuter, commuters lose about 140 hours a year in traffic, six days of your life. So they're going to start charging people for coming into the city. So the whole city's a toll bridge. Well, kind of. So it, you know, it's you're going to have uh, between nine and twenty three dollars per trip charge on peak hours.
3: Where does this money go to help keep uh, I mean, support
2: your local uh, New Yorker. I think it's just cash, and it goes into somebody's pocket somewhere uh seven to seventeen dollars in off-peak hours and five to twelve dollars for overnight access i'm gonna do this on my street yeah you know the people that park back during the day
3: yep. i mean you can buy like a neighborhood pass for like five dollars a year you, you know go. but if, i mean if you turn onto my street with no muffler at three in the morning that's that's fifty dollar bill yeah
2: <laughs> yeah
3: that's a fifty dollar bill
2: you just you just you just won't get any sleep you gotta have to have out there monitoring it but you're right
3: well no i'll just set up a kiosk with a little arm <laughs> okay all right yeah you're i've already got ahead. This planned you've already got a head yeah yeah slide your card and-
2: so here's here's the whole reason they're going to do that and it's it's going to go uh, obviously you ask where the money was well the money's going to go to the state and they estimate the the tolls could raise as much as 15 billion a year billion not million billion
3: Okay, so we started with (laughs) New Yorkers losing time of their life, sitting in traffic, and now we're making money off of it. Yeah. How are these funds going to?
2: Well, it it seemed interesting anyway, and I'm kind of glad that we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, we get upset if there's five cars in front of us because uh, we're so used to being able to get anywhere we want to go whenever we want to. Yeah, we're 15 minutes from
3: anything. Pretty much. Yeah, half hour to Lincoln. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> well, you're going 100-mile-an-hour like the other guy. If you don't get caught, yeah, you're probably quicker than that. Oh, yeah. I, You know, it's just another this way is to— This
3: Midwest. Time is nothing. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, you know, but by, by the time you pay 9 to $23 trip charge during peak hours, because you got to go to work, because that's kind of when it is, sure. and then you probably pay, what, another $12 to park— Six dollars to park, uh, walk on the sidewalk, and three dollars to get lunch, in the building, I mean,
3: and you got to pay it all over. I mean, you're a hundred dollars just into a day at work before you've even clocked in.
2: <laughs> you haven't even got in the door yet, and you're you're down a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. Gee, I think I want to move.
3: <laughs> yeah, I thought I wanted to see the Statue of Liberty.
2: Yeah, well, I, I suppose that's, uh, I, they're going to push you towards, well, it's already got a bunch of mass transit there, mm-hmm. but I suppose it's going to be farther out. Take an Uber, let him pay. Yeah. Well, I guess you're going oh, anyway. to pay. you're going to pay. You're going to pay anyway.
3: Yeah, they'll pass that on. What the heck. No, no coupon though. day there.
2: <laughs> well. Yeah, just another part of life. Somebody wanting a little bit more money out of your
3: pocket. Yeah, I think I'm going to go through with that. I just got to get my kiosk thing set up. I'm going to Yeah, a phone call. To you have got none place. of that in South Dakota none None. no
1: nothing
2: all right five five eight eleven ten is the numbers to get in this is a Mr. mechanic show we'll be back in a minute.
1: Hello I'm Sarah McLaughlin's brother. Did you know that every 30 minutes, a mechanic goes without an oil change? Mechanics all over the world are starving to simply replace some intake manifold gaskets or replace ignition coils and engine coolant temperature sensors. In fact, one out of every 10 mechanics will go a full day without replacing an exhaust gas recirculation valve. But now you can help. For just 75 cents a day, you can sponsor your own mechanic. Your donation will help complete a mechanic's life by giving him the basic needs of replacing mass airflow sensors and maybe even a catalytic converter. And in return for your contribution, we'll send you a picture of your mechanic replacing an oxygen sensor for the very first time. Forget about homeless puppies and starving children. The real need is to fulfill a mechanic's workday so that he doesn't get too bored just sitting around in a dirty garage. Thank you.
2: back on the mr mechanic show who drives your car well everybody
3: yeah pretty much anybody that needs a car hey here you go you can have that oh he's a mechanic the car must be running great sure it is (laughs) yeah well
2: you got a nice car that you can travel in you got one that just gets you back and forth to work
3: oh yeah it's get some mile down the road i'm in you've, great you've shape
2: a, you've done a salvage yard uh, resurrection i'm sure at some point yeah if and it that's doesn't just, start
3: just kind of make sure these two wires are tight and i mean it'll go yeah it'll <laughs> go you don't want to put too much
2: into something that's uh, on its way out the door at some point you
3: and i both have had these cars bob where you know you pull up to the gas pump and you know you're only getting 10 bucks at a time yeah it's not getting filled up
2: No. no <laughs> you want you don't want yeah you don't want to leave 60 70 bucks in the tank if it dies yeah you just never know. Not a gambling person. Yeah, <laughs> and now it's hard to get the gas out. Before it was easy to get the gas out.
3: Yeah, not not so much anymore. I mean, unless you're going to drill it out. Yeah, well, that's, that's then you got that mess to deal with. I hope yeah. you bring a big enough bucket and you, yeah. you judge the tank right, because yeah. you know, the gas gauge don't work.
2: Uh, yeah, I smell gas all day. I don't need to. I don't need to make it worse. Mm-hmm. Five five eight eleven ten is the numbers to get in, so we can get your car back on the road it'd be a great day to fix that car get line at the parts store and get up there and ask what you need and see if they've got it because uh sometimes they might not inventories are low they don't have nearly the, the pile of parts they had in the back That's, but they're some, getting
3: back to it i mean things are uh, picking up it's
2: slow a little bit a little bit kind of trickles in a little bit here and there so
3: Yeah, Today we got oil filters. Tomorrow we may not.
2: Yeah, oil filters were a problem there for a while, but yeah, we don't have that problem so much. I
3: think they kind of dug out of the brake pad pandemic, if you will. (laughs) We were out of those for
2: a long time. Yeah, the the warehouses were full, and uh, yeah, we put them down to not much at all. Here's an article from General Motors. Uh, They're asking uh, certain dealers to prevent customers from quickly flipping high-demand vehicles. Uh, in other words, they're buying a you know the Escalades or the Corvettes or the Hummers or the you know anything like that. They're, they they have su- suggested lists on them, mm-hmm. and people are buying them and then just turn back around and flipping them for maybe another ten grand more because you can't you can't find them or you got your order in, you got yours, and boom, they didn't really want it. They just wanted to flip it, and make another ten grand.
3: Yeah, they're cornering the market.
2: Corner in the market. Well, they put those out there, so if you're one of those people that that do that, that buys it and is going to flip it up, uh, they're going to put a stop to it. They they just put your name and say, okay, you won't get another one. Hmm. And uh, then that's going to ruin that. So that's kind of what they're kind of cracking down on to uh, keep people from trying to make that. And, you know, why wouldn't General Motors do that? (laughs) Just make more money on it. They're trying to make a fair price and trying to make for what it is and make it even. So
3: That new Corvette is a cool car, though. It is. It's a good-looking car. I saw one the other. What was it? The H&H Chevy Car Show. Mm-hmm. It is a, a good-looking
2: car. I think you could probably fit in it pretty well. I don't. Uh, I think it. I could probably get in it. I my don't, problem
3: with those is how low they are. Like any Corvette, like I almost got to sit on the ground and kind of work my way into the car. Yeah.
2: I don't think there's enough space in there for me.
3: Yeah
2: and be able to move the steering wheel and maybe there is i haven't gotten one yet i tried to get into a couple of them and, at the car shows and they were locked
3: yeah why by the time you, br- you get in there you're hurt you know you got at least one hip that ain't working the way it should why
2: would you bring it out to a car show that i can't get in it that's what that's what i'm there for
3: i need to try this car on <laughs> especially a new
2: car yeah so all right we're gonna head over to bill bill's got an oil question bill what's going on today
4: well, the question is, it's always used to, in the late fall, take the 30-weight oil out of my car and put in 10W30 or something like that, and then the spring put 30-weight back in. But now they've got all these new oils that are like 5W20 or something like that. You know, Do you need to change the oil like that for seasons?
2: No, not so much anymore. And the 30-weight was just because of old technology and trying to make it a little bit thicker in the wintertime and, and, you know now no you, you and you don't know you just run whatever it says Put in what, what it recommends you're and it, good y- to go yeah you got 016 now you got 020 most of your hondas run 020 you got 520 530 yeah there's a lot of different oils and that all boils down to the manufacturer and how they what their tolerances are in the engine and just in what they want so no just and and most of these oils, it's hard to find. Like your ten thirty, ten forty, you can still find that conventional. But everything else is a semi-synthetic. You know, just a regular oil is semi-synthetic, and then you have full synthetics. So, what's a semi-synthetic? Uh, basically, half and half. So they're taking half of old oil and the regular oil rather, and half of the synthetic, and they're just kind of putting them together, and that kind of achieves a like a five twenty. Mm -hmm. that's you know there it's it's just petroleum cocktail pretty much it's a petroleum (laughs) cocktail it's kind of exactly what it is just
4: add you know two ice cubes and you're in fat city
2: yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly it's just getting so thin uh just to, to, to try to go to the fuel economy i mean that's really the reason that we're i think the manufacturers are pushing so hard towards electric is that the 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 cafe numbers that, that all everybody's trying to reach as far as the manufacturers are just getting so high that if you go over to electric, you don't have to worry about that anymore. I don't know. We'll have to see how all that works. I still like gas. I like gas engines.
4: Thank you very much.
2: You bet. And think of the amount of the oil changes you're doing on an electric car. None. None.
3: There's got to be like a gearbox oil or something. Yeah, there does. Change. I
2: probably there's a little bit, but you're not changing the oil all the time. You're changing every once in a while, and those electric motors are, you well, know, some electric motors are um, got a reservoir in them, but most of them don't. Like the oil and your transformer on the on the pole, you know, <laughs> they're going to heat up, so you got to have some sort of oil kind of in them to to keep them that way. But wow. no, there's there's a lot of maintenance that would probably would go away. The one thing I don't under, quite understand is, there, you know, a dealership will make a lot of. They'll make money on s- the sale of the car. They'll make money on fixing the car, and they also make a fair amount of money on the parts of the car.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But if you if you take all the parts and cut
3: them in half, take all your service and throw that out the window. I mean,
2: what? Yeah, would you? Yeah, what do you? We make aren't it?
3: doing spark plugs, coolant flushes, transmission services, mm-hmm. brake flushes. Mm-hmm.
2: You're just going to be air uh, filters. You're going to be a mobile, le- I suppose we're just going to have to go back. And take manifold gaskets? Yeah, be a mobile electrician. We're just going to get trucks and drive around and uh, rewind motors. You'll be right back to rewinding motors. Well. In the street. In jacked up on one side. <laughs> hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how that's going to work. I'm not sure it's going to work very good, so. Yeah. All right, is the number to get in. We're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic show. We'll be right back.
1: She's real fine, my 409. She's real fine, my 409, my 409. Mister Mechanic Show. Nothing can catch her, nothing can touch
2: my yeah, that's all right. We love those old ones. Yeah. 409. We don't have anything like that big anymore. Like a 209 now yeah. with a turbo. Yeah, 1.5. Yeah, <laughs> 1.5. <5. 1. 5. laughs> 1.6. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gone with the 409s. That's for sure. It's a good song though. We yeah. like it. All right, we're going to head over to Bob. Bob's got a 77 F-350.
3: Bob, what's going on? Is that got a 409?
2: Uh, no, it, it had a 460. Oh,
3: well, close. Huh, close. Well, we,
2: don't, we don't have that song. We'll find that yeah. next week, 460.
3: There's got to be one yeah. out there. Yeah, that was a good old truck, yeah.
5: though. Yeah, I took the 460 out, and it was a great running engine. But I wanted to go to the 306-cylinder. Nice. Oh. and And I have that in, and I've got a... 93 uh Ford ZF5 speed. Okay. Mm. Uh bolted up to it now. And uh in the 93 uh shop manual it it uh, didn't say anything about when you assemble the transmission to the engine you're uh you're uh, shoving in on the spring on the clutch uh um uh, for bearing.
2: Yeah, yeah, right.
5: Yeah. It didn't say anything about that. You have to have both side to side and do one in the other so you get it uh, going in at the same time, both sides, so you get it. Kind of even? Uh, yeah, you get about a three-quarters of an inch to an inch that you have to uh, squeeze that master cylinder down. And that's, that, oh. that's the way you assemble them, right?
3: Yeah, there was a lot. of I mean, Ford transmissions were kind of a different one to stab.
2: Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I was I was just I was just trying to make sure I was doing it right. I've already done that. Yeah. Yeah. But,
0: uh, yeah, they kinda I have a preload have on
5: spring, them. Yeah, that spring preload it's kinda weird. I've worked on cars for fifty years and I guess I've just never worked on one of them before.
3: Yeah, they're a different unit. But Yeah. Sounds yeah. like a except cool build. They're a,
5: except they're a nice transmission to drive with though.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, Ford didn't, and, uh, they, they didn't like to do everything, uh, you know, Chevrolet liked to keep one bolt pattern for everything and, and you know, oh, yeah. it would, uh, you know, a yeah. 62 would bolt up to an 89 or, you know, whatever it was, 30 years later, it would yeah. bolt right up.
3: Ford is not that you way. Know? No, and,
2: they like to be specific, even with their engines, you know, it's like, okay, well, that's got to go with this, it's got to go to that. And they, now You're they, lucky that
3: you got that much of a year gap with that engine and transmission, because I mean, back in the 60s, yeah. you wouldn't have gotten that.
5: Yeah, I think I th- I think that five speed is for the small blocks, mm-hmm. and the small blocks and the and the six cylinder have the same bolt pattern.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, there's just no rhyme or reason to it, and I'm not. Yeah. I own more more Fords than I do Chevys, but it's it always yeah. is. it's it's a weird combination.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
5: And there's something else I wanted to ask you. Yeah, I've got an '03 uh, Buick okay and uh and the driver's side window if i uh uh, switch on the ignition uh the window will go down and then i i start it up and let it run for 15 seconds and then the window will go up but it won't go up until 15 seconds and then it kind of acts up intermittently
3: it's doing this on Uh, its own yeah
5: Mm -hmm. if i go out there now and uh and switch the ignition key uh, either to accessory or or ignition on, the driver's side window will go down. Wow. And then it'll stay down for 15 seconds, and then I can push the button and make it go back up again. Okay. Is yeah. that in the door panel, or is that in the
2: motor?
3: Well, something that gets a key on power is telling that to happen.
2: Yeah, that's not the motor. The, kind of, the
3: the motors just kind of gets told what to do. Yeah, it's dumb. It it doesn't know yeah, what to do. It, Something's got
2: to tell it what to do.
5: Yeah, it it's just the workhorse.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Boy, I'm thinking does does it make any difference if you open the door and then turn the ignition on? If
5: that, I have the door open. The window won't go up after that if after i close it and wait 15 seconds then it will
3: yeah. i'd check some wires in that door Luke.
2: yeah that's that's the reason i asked yeah. the question so when you're shutting the door you're touching yeah. a couple of wires that shouldn't be touched you're, you're having a power to it down and yeah. uh you could easily have a you know a power to an up so yeah take that yeah. that boot in that uh door jam get it out or push it kind of back and i bet you've got
3: there's a broken a, wire. There's a bare wire. Yeah, you got a bare You're gonna wire. You're going to see an issue. You probably
2: got three. Yeah. I would say three broken. How many you guessing, Kyle?
3: I'm going to say five. Call us back next week with how many bad wires you find in there, Bob. Yeah. Bob and I got a,
2: <laughs> got a dollar bet on this. I say three, uh, he says one, five.
3: dollar. dollar. We're talking <laughs> lunch here.
2: Oh, lunch. Okay, all right. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. We got lunch riding on this. The, um, I don't think I can count that high.
3: <laughs> yeah. 20 years of that door opening and shutting, there's yeah. a bad wire in there. There's I a bad wire, you. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Give that a shot.
5: Yeah. Okay, I'll, All right. I'll take a look
2: at it. All right. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate the call. All right, we're going to head over to Kevin. Kevin's got an 05 Trailblazer. Kevin, what's going on?
5: Hello. I got a uh, code PO410. I replaced the injector valve, and I'm still getting the same code.
3: P0410. What's the definition of this code? Remind me. Yeah. Uh,
5: the secondary injection
3: system. Secondary air injection system. So this car has California emissions. Um. Well, is it coding for a circuit at all? Does the word circuit come up on that definition?
5: No. Uh-uh. Okay.
2: So if it's if it's a uh, if it's a emission control valve yeah that's
3: hoses going to it yep you got
2: hoses going to it you got electric got
3: a port coming off the exhaust
2: yep and you've also got you know something electrical that's going to it too that can open and close that valve and that port coming out of the exhaust it it eventually has to make its way back into the engine in order to cool things down and that's kind of what it's kind of a recirculation or it adds more air first thing in the morning in Mm -hmm. order to lower your emissions through the catalytic converter so, you could have a hose bad, a, a pipe bad. You could have the uh, where it goes into the cylinder head or or the, or the block that could be plugged up with carbon over a period of time. Uh, it's not a common code that we normally see. Just we used most to. cars
3: we got around here don't have those.
2: Yeah, not not so much anymore. But they used to back in the late '80s and stuff. That's why we kind of know a little bit about them. But they kind of went away when when fuel injection that kind of came around. So. Yeah, I don't think your fuel injector is kind of what you're what you're going for there. You're gonna. This is more emission control related.
3: So that's um, I would pull it back off of there. Look at the port that it bolts to. Get like a good long pipe cleaner, run down there and make sure that that port is clear. Mm-hmm. Because they'll carbon up. They'll get some buildup there. On some of these, I know that they have a vacuum line going to yep. them that'll kind yep. of help. Yep. Uh, make sure you got good vacuum there, and that hose isn't cracked.
2: And make sure that vacuum, where that vacuum hose goes to, that that particular valve actually holds vacuum. So you might have to have a vacuum gauge and pump it up, and it should be holding vacuum. If it's not, then you got a leak. You got a leak, or that particular valve is bad. Okay. I don't count. can't. Cadillac needs yep. to run this like, kind of same system too a little bit and yeah. they they, they have, can be
3: kind of complicated
2: yeah they don't see them on a lot of vehicles but yeah I think you're you're most of the time what we replaced about now that I think about it is that is that secondary air valve mm-hmm. that uh, just wouldn't hold vacuum it's just a diaphragm in there and that diaphragm goes up and down so many times and then the diaphragm rips so yeah that'd be the so first yeah,
5: that's, that's why yeah that's why I went ahead and replaced that uh, that bell, because I figured that thing was sticking up and it was bad. But
2: yeah, well, and what about your vacuum source? You got a good vacuum source going to it?
5: Well, I, I seem to. Okay. I mean, because there's only there's just that one hose that plugs into it, and yeah, there's I mean, really, yeah.
2: So if it's if it's got good vacuum and that valve has been replaced, the next step is kind of what Kyle mentions: is that that air is deadheading somewhere; it's not actually getting where it needs to go. It's probably mm-hmm. carboned up and it's going so far and then when it backs up the the light comes on and then yep. because it said something's wrong. Yep. 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 Check the carbon part of it. Pull that right. back part. All right. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Yep. Appreciate the call. All right. Five five eight eleven ten is the numbers to get in. We're gonna take a quick break and be back in a minute. Yeah, we're back on the Mister Mechanic show. 558-1110 Five five eight eleven tens the numbers to get in. I don't think you had uh, that era car. You have a Deuce Coupe? Um, I've got parts to a few. You do? Yeah. Yeah, well, I had a. I have a car that's close to that era. It's in the forties. Yeah. Well, you got one that's in the forties, don't you? Fifties. Fifties.
3: Fifties. I got, got one. Got parts that's... for one that's out of the forties. Yeah,
2: I got one for the late forties. You know, that, that's more of the thirties.
3: Yeah. So i got so many parts. i got to inventory this stuff. It's, that would take a lifetime. It's taken me nah, a lifetime. You don't need to do all.
2: that. You need to get, just get to fixing, Kyle. Get to fixing.
3: Mm. Yeah.
2: All right. We're going to head over to David. David's got a 13 LS out of a Corvette. Go ahead, David. What's going on? Good morning, boys. How you
4: doing? Good. Hey, I figured out a way I don't have to go to barbershop no more because I keep pulling my dang hair out.
3: Oh, well, yeah. yeah I'm this- how can you be pulling your hair out about an LS engine? This has got to be the easiest motor on the block.
4: Well, here's, here's the problem. It's not in the Corvette. It's in an airboat. Okay. And
3: Easy to work on. It,
4: all right. Yeah, because you can get to everything fairly <laughs> easy except for that cam shaft sensor.
0: Uh-huh. Not,
4: yeah, not cam shaft. Back up and go to the rear. crankshaft sensor. Sure. Now, we took the fuel injection off this sucker, put a holly on it. Okay, and then we, then we run it through a M MDS box.
3: MSD, yeah, that
4: right? Yes, and my my problem is, what do you think keeps eating that tampsh- or that uh, crankshaft sensor?
3: So you're going through crankshaft sensors left and right. Yes, sir. That is an incredibly uncommon problem for that engine.
2: Yes.
4: Um, yes
3: sir. So they're just failing, and you'll end up with no spark, right? And you Yeah, no,
4: no spark, and right before no spark, it'll backfire like crazy and die.
3: Okay, so here's what, when you pull these sensors out, can you see any impact on the end of the sensor?
4: No, sir, they're clean.
3: Okay, and you'll throw another sensor in there, and it'll run great. Okay, so we can rule out yes, mechanical, sir. the reluctor wheel's in good shape. So what we've got to figure out is when – the it's a three-wire sensor, so the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to hook a scope to it, which not everybody has access to, but you can do this with a multimeter. You've got a 5-volt reference. You've got a ground. You've got a signal wire. So yes, I want to put – where I'm going to start is at my 5 volt reference. Hook your multimeter you up to it. that. Make sure that that never gets above 8 volts. At no, 8 it, volts, it, it, you can it, it, run it, the it, potential it, of shorting a, out the coil inside there. And I mean it, a, it. It a can solid happen. All 5 volts. Okay. But I mean you're going to want to leave it hooked up for a while because it yeah. may be 5 volts now, it may be 10 volts. At some point it might at spike. At some point. That's what's going to fry this thing. That and also check your ground, make sure the ground is fine. And in some cases, I mean, since this is not a Corvette, I mean, you have an aftermarket application. I mean, maybe run a heavier ground to this engine and make sure all your computer wires are, you know, a substantial.
2: Grounded and maybe even grounded to a separate area so you're not putting all the grounds to one shot. Because if well, you
3: don't have a heavy enough ground wire going to this thing, I mean, you're going to load up that circuit, you know, and essentially you're creating a backflow into that sensor possibly.
2: And if it yeah, it gets a little bit loose, it could arc it. Sure. And uh, that that's, seems kind of odd. It's going straight for the crankshaft sensor, but uh, odder things have happened for sure.
3: So what are you using for an ECM on this? Are you using the Cam- Camaro or the Corvette ECM, or are you just solely going on this MSD box?
4: We're solely
3: going on the MSC box. Hmm. Okay. Generally, they're a pretty good company, very reliable. Every racer uses it. Um, But that's not to say that they don't have problems. But generally, if that box were having a problem, that box would not work. It wouldn't pick out a sensor and short that thing. But I would start by hooking up your meter, drive this thing around, put it through its paces as hard as you drive it, and watch what that five volt wire does? That okay. would be my I, test. I I can do that. <laughs> sure. I mean, start there, and we're here every Saturday. Almost. If
2: you've got one MSD box, you probably got another one. You've probably tried changing that yet.
4: Yes, sir. We have.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I I would start by and looking at those there, wires. Go
4: ahead and add. Go ahead and add insult to injury. Spent about an hour and a half on the phone yesterday with MSD.
3: Aren't those guys and fun? And that's,
4: that's how I knew the five volt thing was coming. <coughs> and I also knew to check the ohm between the negative and the uh, the other wire. Sure. Uh, yeah, and your your battery uh, ground uh, reroute, rerouted them uh, and made sure. But yeah, it's just one of those. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. Like I am over seventy. I am going bald, but boy, I hate pulling my hair out. <laughs> yeah, it's just really getting
2: bad. And it will when it comes to electrical stuff. So yeah, yes, try sir. try what Kyle mentions, right, and boys. we'll see what we can do. All right, appreciate All right, the call. Big
4: help.
2: Thank you. You bet. No problem. Uh, we're gonna take over to what? Bill. Uh, John. John. John's got a twenty-two Wrangler. John, go ahead.
5: Hi guys, my question is: I do not have a problem. I'm just looking for information, which okay. I'm having difficulty finding. Can you please explain
1: how John.
5: the 12 volt DC system charges and how that engine starts when it switches from electric? This is a hybrid, by
3: hey. the way. I'm sorry. Okay. To hey. you that first. Absolutely, like we'll answer hybrid. that here off the air for you, John. At John, the end y- of our time.
2: Yep, yep. Just hang on, John. We'll be there in just a minute. Another end of the week, but that went went fast. So I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll be back next week.